Hello, dear star shines. Welcome to today's lunchtime chats. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capabilities and capacities that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. Therefore, we have very unique perspectives to what's happening in the world around us. And I am here to share, to the best of my ability, a liberated perspective to these intense challenges that we face these days. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm gonna pause here and give folks time to get on board. Um, for those of you in the US, happy Thanksgiving. For the rest of the world, well, it's nice to see you. It's another Thursday. <laughs> so I'm going to, um, I want to share some reference links with you guys with today's talks, um, just so you can, um, if you feel the draw, you can feel into this information further yourself. But the kinds of things that I want to talk about today, I want to talk about the importance of remembering your own history. That means family stories. That means talking to your great, your great grandparents, your grandparents, getting the story of your family and how this helps anchor us in more, um, more deeply into this reality in a beneficial way. And, um, it also keeps us from being subject to having our history hijacked. And I'll talk about the kind of damage that does is when you're, when you're, when the history of your people gets hijacked with a narrative, such as what's happened with the indigenous, um, the, the indigenous cultures of the U S and the Thanksgiving holiday. So I, um, so I want to talk about that significant, what we could be doing and in, in the significance of this in, in the awakening of your own DNA. And then, um, I also want to talk about, you know, things may seem bleak sometimes, but there are opportunities, there are decisions that when you make them can actually change the entire trajectory of your life. Just one little, seemingly little decision can completely change the trajectory of your life. So I want to talk about that. And then last piece, and I really want to make sure I get to this piece because I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of the wave right now. I think people really haven't um, heard the news yet, um, but hopefully I'll be able to send the poster or not the poster, send the link so you guys can check it out. Um, so um, so there's a gentleman named Dr. McCullough that's been doing a lot of work in the um, COVID treatment, COVID vaccine, like this kind of um, realm. And he just, uh, this is a, an explosive article that he wrote just got published. And I foresee this actually becoming a really big deal. So I'm going to talk about what we could be doing and that there's no need to panic guys that we got this. Okay. So I won't reveal that, that what that information is yet, but if you guys are, you know, the astute ones out there that, that are really um, super flashy with Google, you might be on it already <laughs> searching for what that story is. There's no accident that they're releasing the story on this, on a Thanksgiving holiday. A holiday where a lot of people are not paying attention and a lot, well, and others are. So, so, you know, there's, there's a double-edged, I guess there's, there's um, a few advantages, disadvantages. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, Beverly. So good to see you. Hey, Darren. Hey, you made it live. Good to see you, my dear brother. Happy Thanksgiving. 
And um, Dear Soul Schooling, good to see you, Jackie. Wholeness, Dear Star Shines. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let me um, dig up this link. It shouldn't take long. It's in my history here. I, um, I want to talk about this history, you know, owning your history. It's so, so important that we find out the truth of our history. And I mean that in the micro and the macro to the macro levels. So on the micro level, it's the history of your family. It's the history of your parents, grandparents, great grandparents, how they got to be on the lands that you live on now. Um, if, if you're living in the same town uh, multi-generationally. Now, many of us move and and don't necessarily have that kind of anchor. So it's so it's even more important for us to learn the stories of how our family came to maybe the country that we live in now, how our family came to maybe the state where your grandparents are living now. OK, um, that's the micro level of of your story of the history. And then there's the much larger macro layer of that, and that is the story of your peoples, like the nationalities that your great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents were a part of. There's that, but then that also stems to the stories, the true history of humanity altogether. Um, and this is really super, super important. And it's and it's landing on me. I was listening to this interview with these ladies, with Marguerite Rigoglioso. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan. I think she's just wonderful. But she does these um, these um, broadcasts where she interviews other very cool people like you, like me, right, who are, are informed um, about their particular pieces. And she does these really great interviews with them. And um, this um, interview, the link that I'm looking for was one that she did with um, with these two ladies from, I believe it's Massachusetts, near Plymouth, Massachusetts. One of the ladies, and this is interesting, one of the ladies um, is indigenous and is part of the um, Mohawk tribe of that area, as you know, as you got, you guys probably don't know, but the Mohawk tribe um, was in that area and then left because of um, uh, warring with and battling with other tribes. And then uh, they retreated in the Virginia area and then came back because Virgin, that area became um, unsafe and not peaceful anymore for them. So, so they kind of had a great migration away and a, a great migration in return. And when they returned, uh, I think it was 200 years later from when the, the time that they left, the stories of the tribes were alive and they recognized the Mohawk when they returned to that area because of these stories. And and this this interview, there, there was a lot to it. And if you guys want to witness a telling of a very, very powerful global spell cast right towards the end, the the woman who's the mohawk woman speaks it out loud and it is you could feel it it's like it's in your bones it's a truth that's in your bones you can feel it so i have the link and i'm going to share it with you guys so so you can just bookmark it and check it out later um and so i'm listening to these guys and they um flushed out the significance of for me of being in connection with ancestors because both sides of that relationship are um, well versed in the stories of their people. Now, one, of course, is an indigenous, uh, a woman of indigenous descent. I think it's the Mohawk. And then uh, her partner 
um, also a woman, um, is a, uh, a Quaker and has been for many generations. So she comes from a multi-generational Quaker family. Now, Quakers are different than, um, than some of the other pilgrims. They, they are intact to this day. There are Quaker schools still in existence to this day. I actually had the privilege of um, meeting a Quaker woman at a solstice celebration I was at many years ago. She was the principal of a Quaker school that is located in central Ohio. And, you know, the Quakers are, um, well, there's some jokes spoken about the Quakers, but they are uh, intellectuals, but they also have a deep-rooted um, high value of staying in connection with your history and the stories of your ancestors. And they also are um, a sect of mystical Christian, of Christian, but that it does get into mystical places when you start um, because they embrace and explore the, the, um, the hypothesis of animus, the anima, um, the anima existence within humans. And what I mean by that, in case you guys don't know, is that um, the, um, this is uh, uh, Carl uh, Gustav Jung um, theory that the animus within our subconscious is our actual connection into the natural world. And that, you know, the shamanic journeying and the different things that we're doing, the power animals, these different engagements that we have, that we're having within that um, in this perspective is happening within your subconscious and therefore it's creating a connection with you and the natural world as if they are one. So, so that's, that's that belief, that, that theory in a gist. So they're very deep into the um, animus um, exploration of that. So one is a Mohawk and one is a Quaker and, um, and they're in this alchemical relationship telling stories of their ancestors in this video that I posted there, okay? And they also started creating timelines. And and what I recognized in listening to these lovely women share is it is so powerful for us to be in connection with the stories of our ancestors. And there's many layers to why it's so powerful. And this is what I want to get into because um, this will also help us realize why humanity is so messed up right now. Um, so deep in the forgetting, so deep into the cognitive dissonance, so deep into the rejecting of common sense in the natural world. Okay. So as they were speaking about, you know, sharing some ancestral stories, sharing some historic timelines, um, it's like you can, you're able to, it's, it's, it's like when someone is sharing, it's like their stories are embodied. It's like the stories are coming from their very body, their very being. And it's really, really powerful when someone shares on that level because it's like a deep digested understanding that you get and it lands and it lands in a much deeper place inside the listener. It's not, it's not just a concept that's up here and you listen to it and it takes you up into the mental field or takes you up into these um, higher, higher fields. And you're just like, you know, bouncing around with the ideas and inspirations and all this stuff. And none of it is actually embodied. Like none of it really like the action steps to making any of those ideas come to fruition. Don't have the umph. They don't have, you know, they don't have the, that um to be so 
So um, I call it a hiccup in the giddy up, you know, through the hiccup in the giddy up and making it so versus when you're listening to stories that are deeply digested, that are truth within the very bones of the people in their DNA. It's like there's a deeper, deeper connection inside your own self that starts happening, whether it's yours, your family story or not. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that it's a truth that's deeply integrated, that's being spoken and that activates and resonates with the listeners. And then I started thinking about this. I really, I remember when, um, when my uh, grandmother was still alive, she was an amateur historian and she loved history and she would tell me history and, and she wouldn't tell me like the history you would find in the history books. She would tell us about our family history. She would tell us about her mom and the things that went on in between her her, you know, her mom and her brothers and sisters, the family on the farm. And then she would tell me about her great grandmother and tell me about her, um, her uh, great grandmother, or I'm sorry, the grandmother that lived with them, which was the, um, her dad's mom and tell me stories about her. And then not only would I get stories about great grandma and great, great grandma and, fa and father, I would also she would show me a piece of furniture that was in their house <laughs> way back when, you know? So it was like connecting all these dots um, in, a, in, in a very deep way for me. And I think that's why I'm, I can integrate things now was because of that times um, with my grandmother, her telling me these stories and the different um, things that were important in the family back then. Like, uh, for example, in uh, her family, there's there were a lot of kind of like where people fell. You either were a farmer or you were a preacher. <laughs> there wasn't really much in between. <laughs> those were those were kind of like the, the two ways, the two paths that um, my ancestors, her ancestors took. And, and it's kind of funny because I it makes me laugh now because when I look at myself, not that I consider myself a pastor, but I am a certain kind of, I do have a leadership quality in the spiritual multidimensional realm that comes very naturally to me. And I also love farming. I love planting. I love raising and nurturing things and being close to the earth and digging in the dirt and all this stuff. And the fact that I can connect these tendencies with my family heritage just somehow anchors softens my uh, my presence here within my body it's like my body my vessel is set up to accommodate my very nature if that makes sense and it also activates a connection within cellular memory dna memory okay and this is the this is the most important part about the history piece okay knowing your family history is super 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 significant because it actually connects you either in a conscious or subconscious way to cellular memory because it's the truth if it's the truth it activates you it connects you somehow with your cells with your bones with your body okay and it's connecting you in a way that's welcoming that's soft and giving and I, I really, it's hard to put words to it, but it's somehow it makes it so much easier to be in the vessel. Okay. Now let's take this into the more macro level of history. Okay. So as we all know, our history gets hijacked. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed our younger generations, their history has been stolen from them. Okay. Not just because of school or anything like that. Their history has been stolen from them because if you ever watch uh, millennials or younger in conversations, they're like in conversations on their phones. And if there's a question, oh, I wonder about such and such and such, the first place they go is Wikipedia. 
to find out the truth of what's going or the history to find out information. Now, we all know that Wikipedia is compromised for those of us who've been around for a while. It, that, that is a digital hijacking of our human story. And the, the clearest example I have, a real life example I have for my world is, um, so speaking about, you know, talking to grandmothers and grandfathers on my father's side of the family, um, there was a very interesting piece um, about uh, the, how the family got there. You know, my, 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 um, my paternal grandmother, according to her, she was an indentured servant when she came over. There was no choice for her. And, and that was because of all of the, the great purge that was happening in Russia. And to her, to, to hear her tell the story, she said over 10 million Russians died or disappeared during that 30 year period, period between 1914 and um, 1946. I think there was a period of the great purge. All right. Now, I remember history books used to teach that number more than 10 million. I mean, people talk about the Jews in, in World War II. It's like, well, you know, the Russians were in there, too, with that level of suffering. Um, and the Catholics, the Catholics were also kidnapped out of their homes and taken to those concentration camps. A lot of people don't know that. Um, my, I know that because my grandmother told me that's how her she lost her parents. Right. Because <laughs> they were Catholic in a place that wasn't popular to be Catholic. So they got taken and killed in concentration camps. So anyway, uh, I would see that would be something completely lost and no one would know. So Wikipedia used to report these numbers. But if you go to now and you and you search out the great purge, this number is significantly diminished to like two million, four million people. OK, it's like that's a very different number. That's a very different um, percept that creates a very different perception of what was actually going on during the purge. OK, so it's really you can see on, on another on yet another level why it's actually really important for us to be talking to our kids about our history, the family history, but then also the history of how your family got here. Um, if you're indigenous, of course, you're going to tell the story of the family on these lands. If you're an immigrant, which most of us are, you know, there's a story of what brought us to these lands. There's a story of what was the great, what was the great dream? What was the great hope um, that was in the hearts of our ancestors coming to this land? You know, so that's even, that's powerful too, too, because that's aligning us with a dream, a heartfelt desire of our ancestry okay and and if we actually succeed in that heartfelt desire then that is a moment that you can celebrate that is a family holiday that's a family moment that's significant for everybody in your line to celebrate to mark grandma's dream came true here we are okay so on a macro level, humanity's history has been hijacked by by religions, religious stories, but also, um, you know, the political stories. There's a lot of stories that were distorted and twisted for political reasons. Um, well, Thanksgiving, the story of Thanksgiving is a great example. We have this image in our in in our minds, uh, you know, as um, as Westerners that of what's reflected to us, what what Thanksgiving is all about. But it wasn't that at all. It wasn't that at all. And um, in the way they depict the the pilgrims and the indigenous and the coming together, it was it was total lie, total off off the hook, 
wrong stereotyping, <laughs> you know, talk about stereotyping. And and really, uh, in, in that video, it's really interesting. She talked about that, you know, it really it didn't become a national holiday um, until Lincoln, because he was trying to um, create a day to unite the North and the South after the Civil War. And the actual meal that we associate as traditional Thanksgiving, that was that was a, um, a, a commercial gimmick. Right. That was that was the meal that he propagated during during that time. So people just regurgitated it over and over again. And now we have the story that, oh, it was the Indians bonding with the Americans and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, 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 no. You know what? Number one, the Americans were the Indians back then, <laughs> you know, not the pilgrims, <laughs> you know. And then, I mean, there's so many distortions within the story. And because it's distorted, it confuses us and we're unable to connect with the cellular memories. We're unable to connect with the actual truth that's in our bones within our bodies, okay? And this is why when you hear really deep truths, you get waves that go through your entire body because it's like a, a memory, a deep memory is surfacing and you can feel it resonate all the way down to your bones, into your cellular, into your cellular memory. Okay. So the larger hijacking of the human story is the, the story of the Garden of Eden, the story of, you know, we were women came from the rib of a man, like who came up with that BS, right? Since when? No life anywhere on this planet doesn't get here without coming from the womb of the mother. Show me, show me, show me any being anywhere on this planet that doesn't come from a womb. Okay. So they quite literally divorced us from the most essential aspect of what it is to be human with that origin story, telling us that we're made from the rib of man. And, and so they took the rib from Adam, put it in the mud of the earth and, and out molded Eve. That's the story. But it doesn't, it cuts us off from the great mother herself. The fact is none of us would be here. No ET experiment, no DNA experiment can exist and evolve without a womb, period. Okay. Now, the fact that we have so many narratives out there trying to rob us of that story kind of tells you how important it is that we don't remember this truth. Okay. So that's just one example of the many, many levels of hijacking of our history humanity has endured. Um, another level of, um, of the hijacking of our history is that, you know, civilization started 10,000 years ago or, or is it 10,000 BC? All right, well, we already have buildings, um, pyramids, and these most elaborate structures that are way older than that. The Sphinx itself, due to the erosion, they dated back 45,000 years ago. Now, it's a highly sophisticated civilization 45,000 years ago during the age of Leo. Okay, so when, when our history gets hijacked like that, it actually closes down our memory. It shuts off our access to that level of cellular memory. And this is important. This is important for our congruency. And I am actually starting to um, suspect that this is part of the mechanisms on why we're not able to recall our past incarnational experiences. We're not able to recall our past lives. This is part of the mechanism of the great forgetting um, that has been that has been implemented by the archons, you know. All right, here, there's a couple comments here. So apparently there's some distortions about the Holocaust. Yes, there are, most definitely. Um, so how does one get to the truths if grandparents are no longer alive? 
Excellent question. Excellent question. Thank you for asking that. Right? That's quite a conundrum. What if you don't have any family left to talk to? Okay. So uh, you can, for a multidimensional force star seed, we can do this because we know we have the capacity. Okay. So for an average human that believes they are who they think they are, they might have more difficulty with this. But as an indigo, awakened indigo, awakened star seed, we can journey for those stories. We can go and visit that history within our dream time. And what happens when we do it like that is that we actually carry the energetic encodement of that knowledge and we bring it back to the present moment with ourselves and we integrate with it. And then what happens is that as we integrate with it, knowings just start to come up knowings. Now, once those knowings happen, you have to take an action to bring it out into 3D, which means writing. Okay. So as you like, there's a story in your mind that you really feel like you want to write it down. Don't ignore that. Write it down. It could be the story of your great grandfather. It could be the story of how your great grandmother, you know, met great grandpa, <laughs> you know, an amazing love story. All right. Or maybe it's the story of how, you know, how some, uh, a, a group of beings survived, um, having to leave their lands, whatever the story is, don't dismiss it as, as, um, as insignificant stories are powerful. They are the most important aspect because stories that whether the truth or not is the wrong question. Stories give us a way to relate to a kind of reality. Okay. And this is especially important in energy medicine. So you're working with somebody and you're, and you're going into their energy field and you're tracking them. You're getting a story through your tracking. Now, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, you don't know. You just know that the story of these data sets are giving you the story and it's, and it's framing up a particular kind of perspective relationship to the energy that you're tracking, that your intent is tracking. Okay. Once you get to the seed of that, then that the context of that story actually gives you the, the cues and clues of what to do to unravel it. <laughs> That's how that is. So to say is a story right or wrong is it did it really happen is not what is not what you is not going to get you anywhere. It's about where does it bring you inside of yourself? Where does it bring you within? What kind of understanding gets flushed out by hearing the story? Okay, that's where that's where it's potent. Okay. And the fact that there's stories, there, there are stories alive inside of us that have never been told. And it's really powerful to have that opportunity to tell the story. So um, circling around this question that Beverly's asking, um, journey for those stories. You can actually, um, all, right, all right, you need to build a relationship with your ancestors if you don't already have one. What I mean by that is that you have some space around you or within your daily habit of honoring your ancestors, honoring your mom and your mom's people going back before time was time, honoring your dad and your dad's people going back before time was time. Start building that relationship and do that forgiveness practice. Now, I talked about this last week as a way to open up the aperture to receive more life force energy to enhance your engagement with dream time. That, that's absolutely true. This is yet another benefit that I'm talking about here. So you create that relationship with your ancestors, then you start journeying with them. You start journeying into these different stories. Okay. You ask for them, you go looking for them and then uh, energetically you get the download and then somehow you bring them out. Maybe you paint a painting, write a poem, sketch, sketch pictures, whatever, whatever your medium is to get it out and document it. And then 
to really seal the deal on it. And this is where magic happens. You tell the story. You tell the story that gets flushed out. Okay. And you can tell. And this is this is where you you know you're on point or not. Okay. You know you're on point because when you're telling the story, it's like your whole body lights up and is alive in the telling of the story. Okay. That's when you know you got it. You've integrated it. You've retrieved something that is a cellular truth that's real in your dna and you're speaking it out loud boom you feel it you feel the deep truth of it and then you know the work that you did that that's that's really grandpa grandpa's story that you can tell that's really great grandma's story that you could tell okay um and then of course the other way is through dream time you can place your intent to meet your ends your your different ancestors and and get their stories learn from them hear what it is they have to share um, plant medicines can also help you with this too. Uh, there, there's several ways, but the idea is that you're going and traveling to the energy of it. You're traveling to the energy of it. Ooh, another great way is to de do death rites for them. Actually, Beverly, because you're, you know, you're totally involved in that, you can do that. You can um, call on your ancestors one by one <laughs> or two by two. <laughs> I saw your little note um, and do death rites for them. And in that you will get a story. You will get a story to tell. You'll get a story to share about them, their trials, their tribulations, their happiness, their joys, the, the beauty, their connections, their lack of connections. Okay. That's another wonderful way to do it. So, you know, no, no history is truly lost. It's, it lingers somewhere, somewhere in the interdimensional planes and the ethers. It lingers somewhere, some rock, some some mountain, some tree, some beetle, some being was present and has those memories. And we can, because of that, we can go back and retrieve them, retrieve them. You know, when you look up into the night sky, those, those are beings, those are star beings up in the night sky. And they're just not oblivious up there in the night sky. They're looking back at us. So they too witness things. They too see stories. You see, so um, this is really a profound practice and it helps. And the point is not just about the stories. It's to help us anchor more deeply into our being, our more, our more multidimensional, higher dimensional aspects, have a soft place to sit within our being, feeling connected, feeling like a belonging and interconnectedness, a purpose. Okay. And that's what's happening with our young ones. Um, they're lied to from the get-go. Their stories, their the the history is obscured, so it cuts them off from their bodies. Then they're lied to on top of lie, on top of lie, invest in all these different directions, and they're getting bombarded with all these encodements, you know. And they have no way to digest it smoothly because they don't have the stories to pave the way. That, 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 that allows them to slip into their bio suit like an old comfortable pair of shoes. <laughs> you know, once they get to reclaim that, then they're going to be able to do this much more easily. And I know many of us are feeling drawn to, to help our younger ones, our younger star seeds and indigos integrate within their bio suits so they can have an easier time in this world. I mean, not to say this world isn't with its challenges, it is, but once you um, embody certain threshold of your interdimensional frequencies, it becomes a magical wonderland, not a slave planet. 
like how many are experiencing it, or a vampiric system, like many are experiencing it, okay? All right, so let me get to, all right, I'm going to skip over the single decision thing, just because um, I want to get to this this Dr. McCullough thing, because this is absolute, this is going to blow your guys' mind. All right, let me see if I can get the article up. I'm going to dig up the article to share with you guys because it was so, it's so explosive. I want you guys to have the article so you're not taking my word for it. Where is it at? Where is it at? Oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. You know how we have multiple devices and emails go across those devices and you kind of like delete the same email three different times. If you have your emails on three different devices, you guys know you have that happen, right? And there's, you know, the same email I'll, I'll, uh, I'll delete multiple times. Well, there are certain emails. Once you see it once, you can't get to it again. You guys have that happen. So when I get emails from, from uh, uh, you know, stories that go against the narrative or scientific researchers that are um, independent and not following government guidelines or whatever, I will see those messages just once and then they'll totally disappear from my inbox and I can't find them again. And that's what's happening here. Okay, let me see if I can dig it up on, the, um, on a regular browser. So this is an article that came out in the Epoch Times um, with Dr. McCullough. Um, let's, I'm just going to do this real quick, see if I can get there. Because this is going to freak people out. <laughs> I know for a second, it took me a second. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, oh, look at that. Yeah, this stuff. Even our search engines are hijacked. You know, you know, the internet creates such a distorted idea about reality because a lot of um, a lot of our younger generations, you know, they rely on the internet to find out about things, and it's so, so, so distorted. Epoch Times. That's what I was looking for. The Epoch Times. Look at this. It's not even showing up on my search. I know it's there because I saw it. Here it is. Okay. Okay. Here you go. Okay. Is this the one by Dr. McCullough? Yes, this is. All right. So if you guys don't know who Dr. McCullough is, he is that world famous cardiologist that he's like the most published cardiologist um, in his field. Uh, And he's been, he's a Texan. He's been really outspoken about alternate, alternate, um, COVID treatment, early COVID treatment, and then also about the vaccines and the side effects and collecting the data and doing, and, and, uh, connecting the public with really well done studies and stuff like this. So they boil it down like this. This is an article in the Epoch times. And let me get the, let me get the, here we go. Here is the link. So you guys have it. There you go. And he points out something very, very interesting. And um, what he talks about, specifically the M, the, um, all right, in the Jabby Juice, the mRNA version. Okay. So he connects to that particular gene technology, that gene therapy was developed 
by DARPA, our Defense Department. I don't know if you guys know this. This was developed in 2015-16. Let me uh, make sure that I'm saying this right. Yep, it was developed in uh, 2011 by our U.S. Defense Department, and they have a, their own um, their own little experimental division called DARPA. And uh, and in 2011, they've been exploring this um, this technology, this gene therapy. In 2015, the FDA um, made guidance around it, and it talked about and it um, collected the FDA collected. Um, studies around gene therapy um, in relationship to shedding. Okay, this particular gene therapy is known since 2015 to shed. Okay, now since um, warp speed came about and things were supposedly rushed through and all this stuff, now there is a rising concern that the um, and this is what the article's talking about, okay? And I'm not saying for or against anything. I'm just talking about this technology and how this is going to, I think this is meant to cause an explosion and even bigger polarity between the different camps to vaccinate, not vaccinate, okay? So so this isn't an opinion about either way. I'm just saying this is a, there's a narrative coming that is going to force this divide and I'm getting ahead of it so you guys know what to do, what you can be doing about it so you don't need to allow this to divide you. Okay, <clears throat> so turns out that they find out there's these studies finding out and the historic studies since 2015 that shedding is known to occur. In fact, DARPA had a whole department actually studying how to maximize the shedding effect. And that way you can inject one person. This is meant as what as bioweapon warfare. This is not meant as a medical treatment, right? Where um, we just inject one rat and then send them into the colony and it spreads to every rat. That was what they were studying. Turns out they were successful. Who knows if that's what, what this is? Who knows? Nobody knows. That's just something, that's just a technology that has been perfected or been uh, reached. That we've, They've reached that. So fast forward to 2020, 21, when this all comes out and um, there's some interesting phenomena happening and that led to some studies being done. And they're, now they're realizing that there are um, uh, unvaccinated folks who are having vaccine side effects and they're wondering what the heck, how is this so? And it turns out they're tracing it to that spike protein is getting shed. So now, I'm not saying, like, like I said, this is an opinion about either way. I want to give you guys a heads up as a multidimensional on how to be about, be um, impervious to this sort of infiltration I'm talking about, okay? And how you do this. This is really important, you guys. Please, please, please stay tuned. This is super important because this is a major empowerment piece for you. And then you can share it with your friends. And then you can, we can quite literally mitigate the divisive narrative. We can completely cancel out the divisive narrative, knowing something, a bigger truth about all this. Okay. And the bigger truth is, and this is what I noticed in the very beginning, before the lockdowns, I had, I, um, I caught COVID for like an hour, all right, for not very long. So what happened is, is that this is an interdimensional tampering. It includes AI, okay, because as you guys know, this is a computer sequenced GNA strand. This is not a GNA strand where they isolated the protein and then they um, and then they multiplied it and put it into the vaccines. That's not what they did. They took a digital um, blueprint 
of the protein of, uh, of the spike protein and then they replicated it digitally and created this therapy okay that's what's so groundbreaking about this therapy it's not organic matter it's all digitally based so this is an interdimensional infiltration it's not just a physical thing and and you can tell and this is what this is the part where we have choices and this is the part where we totally we we you me you we've got this okay it comes with a program and the program is a woe is me program the program is one that's steeped in negative thinking like oh my god i'm gonna die we're never gonna make it humanity is terrible i'm a piece of crap i'm not worth anything i'm not worth this i'm not worth that i can't even do this right i can't even do the, you know all these negative self-deprecating vo um, voices in the head that is the program that allows the spike protein to catch hold and the story that I have is that I woke up, I woke up feeling like this the, that morning. And I remember like, like feeling like I got hit by a truck. Like it, I felt absolutely awful. I got, I got, I like drug myself. I got myself out of bed. And then when I'm standing in my bedroom, I'm like, where are these thoughts coming from? This is not me. This, these are not my thoughts. This is not how my normal mindset is. And then I'm like, what the hell? And as soon as I realized that these thoughts weren't mine, that's what's the number one. Realize that the thoughts aren't yours. I realize these thoughts aren't mine. They're not the kinds of thoughts that propagated, that I normally feed and propagate. And I woke up out of it. I woke up out of it. So by the time I walked out of my bedroom, I felt fine. I wasn't sick anymore. Okay. That's what, that's the, that's how these things get hold when you are, so you have to pay attention to how deep you're, you know, self-deprecating, <laughs> how deeply you're um, being, you know, self-directed anger, hate, disappointment, la, 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 la. Okay. That is what allows you frequency wise to have this digitally created protein come into your body and infiltrate your cells. If your cells are strong, because you're not susceptible to that program you're just going to expel you're going to expel it like these these like proteins like a toxin you're just going to expel it okay so this is all we need to do guys it doesn't matter about the shedding dynamic all right yes they have scientific studies saying that it was created perfected and meant to do that <laughs> Okay. They also have, you know, these studies that there are non-vaccinated people having vaccine symptoms, right? There's all that going on, but oh, well, though that's for the average human that believes they are this human vessel and that's it. But for us, multidimensional star seeds, indigos, way showers, new paradigm visionaries, we know differently. We know that we are multidimensional beings. We exist on many levels you know, on many levels to this existence. And we have command on those levels. We have influence over our here and now reality and what's happening. We have influence absolutely of our bio suit and how it functions. Okay. So when you get around someone who has this, you know, you may feel like you picked up some bad energy from them or something. You probably did. And along with that, and now you know what to do to to detoxify yourself from it. Okay. You, you, you know, keep up good energetic hygiene, meditate regularly, cleaning your energy field, recalling your energy, smiling inside, connecting with the Pachamama. This is all you have to do. And then it's not going to affect you. 
that's the realization I had reading this article. It's like, wow, this is really, you know, making people step up to the plate, owning their sovereignty as a multidimensional being. This is really pushing the narrative even further than people thought it could get pushed. <laughs> I laugh, but I know it's really a, it's a place of worry for, for many folks because not everybody has has figured out how to, how to have autonomy over their life force energy yet. You know, um, there's still people in this group even that um, are don't have full command over how they get to spend their bandwidth in a day. I mean, I believe and I feel like uh, you guys, those of you who aren't there yet, you're working in that direction. And I think you'll definitely get there. It'll just take a, it just takes some time. It takes some time to counteract these deeply embedded programs. OK. All right. Beverly says, happy Thanksgiving, Tony. Welcome. Fam um, finally, Beverly says, finally, they published about that in 2020. I met a couple friends and had this knowing their personalities was tampered with. I'm assuming that's the same thing. Yes. Yes, exactly. 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 So, so, all right. So yet another reason to highlight the importance of knowing your history knowing the history of your family, knowing the history of your people, knowing the history of mankind. So you have that strong connection to the cellular memory of who you really are. Okay. And this is, you know, this would not be able to happen. This hijacking that we're talking about right here would not be able to happen if humans knew who they were. It would not be able to happen. We would not be able to be manipulated the way we were if we had that level, that depth of rootedness in our in our lives okay and rootedness means more than just having a, a brick and molder home i mean i live in a rig i live in an rv and i travel from place to place i'm a very rooted person <laughs> you know but that's because you know of my the way i spend my time the way i use my energy you know the way i i spend my bandwidth i'm anchored in my purpose i'm anchored in the reason why I get out of bed every day and do what I do. Okay. And of course, you know, this, I had that added benefit of speaking with my grandmother, learning the stories, learning about my great grandmother, whose name Anna, that, you know, I ended up naming my youngest daughter after, or, you know, the namesake of my youngest daughter. And then, you know, just, it's like, I learned about all these, all these stories and it really like, it's like it created a connection inside a really deep connection. And the more of our stories as, as humans on this planet, but also family stories, the more they're revealed and shared, the easier it is to connect within your bio suit, the easier it is to recognize cellular memory, the easier it is to read your compass, okay, your internal compass that I talk about all the time. So this is a moment here. This is a moment of bringing the sacredness back into your holidays, back into your connection with your family members. And I know family can be trying. And I know that, um, you know, a lot of us spend, as you know, particular specific time with them, no more than that because of the, maybe the clash of the energies or, or there's a lot of baggage or abuse or addiction or whatever, you know, so I'm not saying, you know, go spend as much time as you can with the, with toxic people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, get to know your stories, go out of your way to talk with your great grandmother or your grandmother or your grandfather, go out of your way 
to find out some of the um, history in your family. And it may connect into a much bigger history. You never know. And because it'll help you, it'll help you connect the dots. It'll help you um, recognize, you know, what is it that you're living out that is in your purpose? And what is it that you're living out that is of your ancestors? You see? All righty. Okay. All right. So let me get into that single decision. All right. So those choices. I was talking with my neighbor and, um, and you know, what happens is that, you know, people share stories of how they got here, how they got there, you know, and um, she brought up a particular story was, um, you know, she kind of like, she comes from a family of laborers. She's from, she's from Canada. She comes from a fam family of laborers of, you know, builders and plumbers and um, skill, skills, tradesmen, this kind of thing. And, uh, and, you know, I would say that's mostly, that's would be my family too. Um, I mean, my mom went to college, was an educator. So I suppose she broke the, um, she, she um, branched out into a different field than that. And, but my dad, you know, he went to college and was a brilliant architect and all these things, but he was a builder. He loved to build things. He was also a pilot and football player and stuff like this, but, um, you know, he loved to build things. So, so he had several different careers. He was a, he was an out of the box thinker. I think I take a lot after him actually. Anyway. Um, and the story she shared was very interesting was, you know, she picked up everything from her life and went from the East coast of Canada to the West coast of Canada. And, uh, I think it might've been her grandmother said, Hey, you know, you have a cousin and I think she was on her way to North. The story is she was on her way to the Northwest Territory. And uh, her mom or grandmother said to her, hey, you have a cousin in uh, this town over here. Why don't you, since you're in the area, stop by and say hi. So, and she says that was the decision that decided the trajectory for the, the rest, the, the following decades of her life was to visit him. So she visits him. And while she's there, she stops by this place. Um called manpower. I, I know about it because we have a place like that in the United States. It's like a daily work kind of, it's like a daily work kind of paid place. Um, and they find placements for laborers, but also office workers, stuff like this. Anyway. Um, and, and, uh, the next day they call her and they say, Hey, we have a gig for you up in so-and-so. Um, can, you know, can you fly out tomorrow? <laughs> and then that's where she started her, um, a whole new career in a completely different direction. Um, all because she decided to visit her cousin in a town somewhere. And she's telling the story and I'm realizing, you know, this is how life happens. This is how those that choose not to just go with the flow with what everybody's doing. This is how our lives get defined. It's that one moment where we choose to zig when everybody else choose, goes zag right? It's that one moment when we choose to, to step out of the, the momentum of what everybody else is doing and, and do something differently. You know, it's those kinds of choices that have the power to set the trajectory for the rest of our lives. Those kinds of choices right there. You know, my mom made a choice, a very risky choice. And that was to hire me to do some software work, you know, it's like I was 19. 
Uh, I had no degree, you know, I was not, um, I was really good with computers because I went through her school and the training, you know, I was like that. And, and I'm not talking about computers nowadays. I'm not techie nowadays. This is a different animal. This is during DOS. This is when DOS was alive and we were making that transition from DOS to Windows 3.1, I think. <laughs> okay, that's how far back this goes. <laughs> and, um, and that decision of hers and my decision to take her up on her offer, because I, I really kind of didn't want to take her up on her offer at first because I didn't want to work for my I didn't want to work um, with my mom you know of course it turned out it wasn't quite like that so it was different but um, that was a risky decision because I had a trajectory going in a different direction and instead of going with the flow of what everybody else was doing which is you know um, can, um, you know uh, go back to go back to the, your second year of college do this and do that you know everybody had this trajectory and I was in the wave of that and instead I said, no, I'm going to do this over here. And I'm so glad I did because that set up a scenario for me to learn how to be a shaker and groover because from the get go that I took that position, I had to learn how to think out of the box. I had, and not only the fact that I was able to think out of the box, it wasn't, it wasn't against the grain. Me thinking out of the box created solutions where there were no solutions. And then, so then other people started hiring me as a, as a outside subcontractor to get in. This is how I started my gigs. I was making really, I was making bank as at 19 years old because I was, um, uh, out of the box thinker problem solver and this transition of the business world from analog to digital they needed out of the box thinkers people that did not you know that weren't trained to think this way and were not yet confined to think that way i was like this bridge and i had ideas and they were able to implement the ideas and quite literally companies were able to move forward with their current with their current um executives that didn't know how to use computers you know so so which was a, a kind of a problem in this age that was switching, you, you know, so I was in the right time, right place. And that started me off in that direction of being a shaker and groover. And so I learned very young that I only wanted to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I wasn't going to do what I didn't want to do, you know, so punching a clock was not something I wanted to do. Uh, working and I was in a, um, in an area that um, was really blue collar. So everybody wanted to go work for Ford or Chevy or something like this as their aspirations. Right. And I was just like, oh, hell no, I don't want to do that. So um, I, you know, invented another way and there it is, you know. So, so those decisions that we make that go outside the status quo, that go outside of the momentum that the most of the populations are doing, those are the moments that create those golden opportunities. Those are the moments and they're not hard decisions. They're not. The hardest thing about the decision is that nobody else is that is, you know, it's like, wow, no, I don't see anybody else doing this. I don't see anybody else thinking this is a good idea. That's the hardest part of the decision. The rest of it is just one step in front of the other. Right. So it's not like you, you're carrying this burden of having to decide life or death. It's like, no, 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 no. It's a much simpler decision. This, the, the decision is to go, you know, go this way when everybody's going that way. That's that's a much easier kind of decision because you don't have the um, the weight of seeing where it's going. You just know right now you feel like going with the flow isn't going or not the flow going with the current of what other people are doing isn't necessarily where you want to be. And that's why this other opportunity is being is here. Like so you can take that opportunity and do something different. I mean, I do I do everything my own way. 
and it can be kind of frustrating for some folks that you know like things in a certain way and it is i definitely get some pushback sometimes but i do things my own way because i need to i have to i'm here to upgrade and advance things and accelerate things and status quo is not how that happens you know you gotta you gotta uh do things that that no one else does or or you're taking risks in certain ways um and all of you, the indigo, star seeds, you know, you guys, this is what trailblazers do. We choose a different path to the momentum. And it's usually a pretty easy decision. Okay. All right. We don't have to carry the weight of the world upon us. <laughs> all right. Well, that is pretty much my soapbox for today. Thank you guys for hanging out. I'm glad that you guys were able to make time to tune in and, and listen to the chats today. Please, please, please mark what, please remember what I said about this um, shedding thing and the McCullough story. You do absolutely have choices. And what I, what, and what I am, am um, envisioning here is that you guys will share this story, this, this concept, this idea with other people. So they, they will not get they will not fall into the big divide. They will not fall into the next polarizing narrative because it's easy these days. It's really, really easy these days. And, you know, they're studying us. They're learning. They're learning from us on how to manipulate. So once we step out of the polarity game, we can't be manipulated. Once we recall our history and know who we really are, we cannot be manipulated. You know, so here, the, just right there, there's some areas of life you can put your focus into to help bring stability to you and your family. Okay. You and your people, your community. Lots of love to you. Mwah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you guys are interested. Oh, yeah. A real, real quick piece about empathic empowerment. So the holiday season's about to rev up. If you guys want to um, learn some really potent empathic um, empowerment strategies, I want you guys to check out our core curriculum and Light Body Academy. It is really, really a significant um, game changer for you empaths out there and having good energetic hygiene and also being um, managing being in crowds and with lots of family where there's lots of energy exchanges and stuff like this. I encourage you guys to check that out, the core curriculum at lightbodyacademy.com. All right, guys, that's it for me. Love you all. We'll see you next time. Bye.